Is anybody in here a Harry Styles fan? Well, that's real awkward that we picked that song for tonight. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, here's what I need you guys to do. So uh, us youth pastors, we're like kind of what you would consider a little bit elderly to you. I feel it in my bones a little bit, okay? But um, I don't know what actually is cool or what music you like. So if you could just, you know, that little Instagram thing you got, just send us a DM of like, hey, that song, not cool. And then I don't have to come out here and then teach a whole message on it because that's just a real confidence booster. And let me tell you, okay, that, um, I would like to say that has nothing to do with my sermon, but this that has everything to do with my sermon, all right? That is what I feel the Lord has ta uh, told me to preach on was, yes, the Harry Styles song, As It Was. So giddy up. And if you don't like it, giddy up, okay? Now, um, I prayed what we call the salvation prayer. How many of you guys have prayed that? Maybe that was like a repeat after me moment. Maybe that was at camp. Maybe when you were in kids' church with us. We call that the salvation prayer. And um, I've prayed this, y'all, I don't even know how many times. I mean like a thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of times. But there was one time that it truly meant something to me. And I was 13 years old and I was at my grandma's house and um, we were just doing what grandmas like to do, which is playing cards and eating dinner at 4.30 in the afternoon. And I was at my grandma's house and she looks at me and she just with man, these piercing eyes. It was terrifying. And she just says, Brittany, do you know if you're going to heaven? And I was like, oh, well, Grams, here's the deal. Um, I've prayed that salvation prayer at least 100,000 times. And out of those 100,000 times, one of those has had to stick. And uh, one of those, surely I meant it at the time. So I'm going to say, uh, Sure, I, I think so. And um, I was a little hesitant and she said, do you wanna know if you really are going to heaven? And I said, yes, grandma. I really do want to know if I am going to heaven. And in that moment, I prayed the prayer of salvation yet again for the 100,000th and one time. But that one time I did it, something different happened. It felt like there was an actual shift in me. And I couldn't explain it, but for that one time I prayed it on my grandma's couch when I was 13 years old, it truly felt like for the first time I meant it. It truly felt like for the very first time, man, I know I'm going to heaven. I know that my sins are forgiven. I know that God has a place for me once I leave this earth and I go to heaven. I know that he's got my back. I know that, man, I'm not the same person I was even 10 seconds ago. I felt such a shift in my spirit and I couldn't even explain it. I knew in that moment, I wouldn't ever have to pray that prayer again because I knew that I knew I was going to heaven. I knew that I was forgiven. I know that Jesus was truly changing my heart. And she then showed me this verse in 2 Corinthians 5.17. It says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. And I felt this. I truly did, I can say with 100% certainty, in that moment, playing cards, eating sandwiches at 4.30 in the afternoon, I was going to heaven. 
that not only was I going to heaven, but Jesus was doing something in my life. I truly felt in the 10 seconds I prayed that, that the old life was gone and the new life has begun. And then something happened. I went to high school and uh, I, I don't know what, you guys in high school, man, we pray for you constantly, okay? Uh, high school me, a little, a little rough around the edges. Um, I found some photos. They're really not that bad. I thought, um, I thought I was kind of cute. I probably wasn't. You can put them up on the screen. That's a, uh, that face hasn't gone away. Okay, there's another one. There's another. Like, who am I? I'm in a dressing room. Why are you taking a picture? That's like super weird. It, I don't go to the, what is this? Tumblr? Call me, okay? Uh, I also had a checkered wall in my room because I was a scene queen, um, just so you know. And then I think there's one more. You don't have to show that one. That was cool. That's when I went to Junction. Super cute. Okay. Let me just tell you, it was a skill, and it might have been an anointing from the Lord to get a comb over that good. Okay. I'm not even kidding, y'all. I woke up, and my hair was just like, Phoom. Phoom. It took years of bobby pinning it like that to really just stick it there, okay? And I thought when I got to high school, I was cool. I thought I was like the greatest person to ever grace this planet with her presence. I thought I was all that, and I thought everybody thought that about me. Um, harsh reality check, nobody thought that about me, okay? Nobody thought that I was that cool, except Jeremy Poland. We were friends in high school, so that was cool. Yeah, that was fun, okay? Now, I got to high school and I quickly found out, you know what wasn't cool? Following Jesus. And I quickly found out, oh no. Do I want friends when I get to high school or do I want a relationship with Jesus? Because in my head, I couldn't, I couldn't have them both. And so I came up with this brilliant plan at you know, 15 years old. I'm gonna have my church friends and then I'm gonna have my outside of church friends. And when I would be around my church friends, I would worship, I would pray, I, would, I was in a small group, I looked like I was pursuing the Lord. But then when I was with my not church friends, they didn't even know anything about that life. They didn't know that I went to church on a regular basis. They didn't know that I followed Jesus. They didn't know there was no evidence in my life that I was a follower of Jesus. And that verse in that second Corinthians says the old life has gone and the new life has begun. And in this new life, I couldn't have both. I couldn't live a double life anymore. And in this new life, I couldn't just have my church friends and I couldn't just have my outside of church friends. One would have to give. And what ended up giving is my church. And then I started to pull away, not only from those church friends, but from church in general. I started doing some pretty terrible things. I was sneaking out. Turns out my dad's a really solid sleeper, okay? I was sneaking out, I was lying. I had zero respect for authority. I was stealing things from a gas station, just pay the full price, right? I was dating boys that I wasn't allowed to. I had zero respect for my parents. I did not care what they told me to do. I didn't care about their rules. I was not obedient by any means. You could say that I was just a real delight to be around. Now I had this teacher my junior year who was also a Christian and it had come up in conversation and I was like, yeah, you know, I'm a Christian too. 
And um, he must have noticed this lifestyle that I started living. And one day he came up to me after class and he said, Britt, can I ask you a serious question? And I was like, oh man, sure, I don't, I don't really know what's about to happen. And he said, is there any evidence in your life that you are a follower of Christ? And I just kind of like stopped for a minute and I was really thinking about it. And I was like, man, like, well, what could I tell him? Like, yeah, there, there's evidence. Like I used to go to church. Like I used to pray. I used to read my Bible, but I couldn't give him an answer. I just kind of stared at him and he said, we are a new creation. When we've asked Jesus to save us, when we've prayed that salvation prayer, we are now a new creation. Do you feel like that? And I just kind of stopped there and I was a little bit dumbfounded. And it was in my classroom, my junior year, where the Lord had to open my eyes. It couldn't be the same as it was before. I couldn't be living the same lifestyle I did before I started following Jesus. It couldn't be the same. And I felt really convicted in that moment. My life had zero evidence that I was a follower of Jesus, zero. Where was the grace that I was supposed to be showing people, right? Where was the kindness I was supposed to be showing people? Where was this love of God that I was supposed to be showing other people? Where was the respect for authority that we're supposed to have? Where was the part where I was supposed to be speaking in love and not gossiping about other people? I had zero evidence that I followed Jesus. And these words kept ringing in my ear. We can't be the same as we were, right? It's even Harry Styles wrote a song about this, okay? You know it's not the same as it was. Apparently you don't like that song, so I'll just shut, shut that down again, okay? My bad. But if we've prayed the salvation prayer, if we've asked Jesus to come into our lives, to save us, to make us new, to transform us, then is there evidence in your life that you're a Christ follower? Is there evidence in your life, if nobody else was looking, if nobody knew that you were a Christian, would it show? The things that you do, the things that you say, the way you conduct yourself, would people know something's different about you? Would people know that you are a follower of Jesus? Because they couldn't see it in me. So I wanna break down this verse just a little bit, that 2 Corinthians again, it says, this means anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, the new life has begun. So how are we new then? Is this like a little weird thing where we die and then our next physical body is like a zombie where we come back to life and we have this new life? And I don't know about you, but I, I kinda of wanna be a zombie for a day, but not, not like, not like the Shaun of the Dead kind of zombie where they're lazy. I'll be like the World War Z zombie where they can like jump out of airplanes and they're like alive. I don't know, but they're dead. But I'm alive, but I'm dead. Okay, it's not anything like that. When we become a new creation, the old life is gone. The old life means everything that was part of our old nature. So who we were before we followed Jesus. 
Before we followed Jesus, maybe our old life was a life of sin. Maybe we didn't actually know it was sin and we didn't really see a big problem with it. Maybe our old life is we once relied on our good works. We thought good works could get me in some good graces with the man upstairs. We thought maybe if I was better in sports, maybe if I could be nicer, maybe if I could be kinder, maybe if I could do this, maybe if I could do that, then I will be seen, then I will be loved, then I will be heard. That could be part of our old life. Maybe our old life is talking about our old habits we had that we didn't know were bad. Maybe our old life is our old opinions that didn't align with what the Bible says. Maybe our old life is old passions that only focused on us. Maybe our old life is referring to the love we have for ourselves above everybody else. Maybe our old life was just us centered. It's all about me. It's all about my passions, all about my desires, all about what I want. And when the verse says the old life is gone, it means the old things we did, who we were, our sinfulness, that was all nailed to the cross with Jesus. The old things that we did died when we asked Jesus to save us. And only when we've asked him to save us. And it's our old life. So that's old. So then what does the second part of that verse mean? Our new life has begun. So our old life is replaced with a new life. It's replaced full of God's glory. It's full of life and life, the abundant. We're excited for what our future holds. Our new life is we take delight in the things of God, not in the things of this world. Our new life is we start to see things differently. Excuse me. We start to see that the drama with our friends, not that big of a deal anymore. Why? Because we know God has it under control. We start to not get so wrapped up in what's happening around us. We have peace in really big seasons of uncertainty. We have peace in the middle of things that don't even feel like we should have peace with. We have peace when we're fighting with our parents. We have peace in the middle of trauma that is happening around us. Why? Because our new life, God has it under control. We start to let go of control and we start to realize God has a plan for my life. That it's better than anything we could ever think or dream or imagine. We start to see the Bible differently. Maybe now instead of falling asleep when you open it, maybe now you actually hear God speaking through you. Our new life is maybe down here in worship, we're actually raising our hands. They're not just in our pockets. Our new life is maybe we're actually gonna pray when the pastor says, close your eyes and pray, instead of just like, she can't tell my eyes are just shut, not doing anything. Our new life is a life full of Christ. We maybe now have new feelings towards people. Maybe who we thought was annoying, maybe now we see them as God's annoying kids, right? We have a new life. We start to pray for people who have hurt us. We start to love those who have turned their backs on us. We start to become new. This doesn't just happen overnight, right? doesn't happen right after you say, Jesus, would you forgive me of all my sins? Would you save me? 
It doesn't just happen like that, but it's over time we start to have this new life. Ephesians 4.24 says, put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. We have a desire to pursue the things that are good for us, not the things that hurt us anymore. The things that God has for us, not the things the world has for us. The old things of this world, the things that once satisfied us in our new life, shouldn't. Our old way of living isn't enough anymore. The sins we once lived in shouldn't be that case anymore. We should be trying to do a little bit better, not striving, but trying because we know, man, God has something better for me and I'm not gonna get trapped up in this sin. We shouldn't be satisfied thinking, man, I have to strive to earn God's love. Why? Because in our new life, we already have God's love. So it comes down to either choosing our old life, our old sin patterns, our old way of doing things, the way that the world wants us to do things, or our new life. In our new life with Christ, our new life we've been made to a new creation isn't always gonna be easy. I'm not gonna stand up here and tell you, man, it's gonna be a piece of cake. You're gonna go through life. It's just gonna be a breeze for you. Nothing's ever gonna hurt you. You're gonna be just fine. Because that's not true. God doesn't even promise us that. And maybe with your new life, you might lose some friends who you once had. Maybe in this new life, you might not feel as connected with those people you once did. Maybe in your new life, you might miss out on things that other people are doing because you know that's gonna pull me away from God. That's not gonna grow me closer. But our new life is full of Jesus. It is full of hitting different. Right, those of you who couldn't come to camp, Pastor Joe had challenged us and he said, I challenge you when you go home to hit different. And what does it mean to hit different? It means we live out our new life in Christ. It means we truly act differently. Hitting differently should show evidence that we are Christ followers, that our old lives are gone and our new life has begun. So have you been hitting different? Or have you been staying the same? Camp was only just a couple months ago. Have you been hitting different? Or are you the same? Is there evidence in your own lives that you are a follower of Jesus or not? Because we really can't be the same as who we were before we started following Jesus. We can't. He begins to change us. He begins to make us new. So do you have the same attitude you had before you started following Jesus? Do you still disrespect authority even though now you're following Jesus? The way we conduct ourselves, the way we dress, the way our attitudes are, is it the same or is it different? Are you hitting differently? I'm not worried about how your family's hitting differently. I'm worried about how you are because there should be absolute evidence that we are Christ followers. It was a wake-up call for me to be told by a teacher who I didn't even know watches this kind of stuff that I wasn't living a life that I was supposed to, that I wasn't living my life for Christ, but instead I was just kind of falling aside to what the world told me to do. I was just kind of falling back to my old ways of my old life. We're not supposed to do that. We're supposed to be different. So is there evidence in your life that things are different? Is there evidence in your life that you are a Christ follower? Because 
It can't be the same. We're made to hit different. Let's go ahead and pray. Jesus, we love you, and we thank you for each and every one of these kids. And Lord, I pray right now that that we wouldn't feel shame. We just bind that up and we cast it out in Jesus' name. And instead, would you just create us to hit different? Would we just literally wake up and say, you know what? I know that you are making me into a new creation, so I'm going to start living that out. I'm going to try changing my attitude because I know you want me to. I want to do things that glorify you. I don't want to be trapped in sin. I don't want to be trapped in negative self-talk. But instead, Lord, I want to truly hit different. I want when people see me that they know something's different about you and that it has to be Jesus. And so, Lord, I pray now that we just say we're sorry for the times maybe we've backslid a little bit back into our old lives, our old lives of just doing things the same falling back into the same sin patterns. And Lord, I just pray that you would just forgive us in Jesus' name and that we leave this place knowing, man, I want people to know who Jesus is. We love you so much. And it's in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the 4640 Student Center Podcast. For more information on what's happening in 4640, you can check us out on social media and at our website, 4640gj.com. Service times are Tuesday and Wednesday nights. Hope to see you there.